Hey, everybody. We're Bob and Audrey, a husband and wife team. And this is our podcast all about relationships. We are marriage and relationship enthusiasts. Believe me, there is a God-given design to thrive in both life and love. And we think that Jesus is amazing and worth following with everything you have. On this podcast, we are putting together the truths and best practices we have learned over our 35 years of marriage, and more specifically, over the past 18 years, where we have spent our lives helping people love their relationships. After getting through our own family crisis, we became passionate about rescuing and mentoring others. We have authored numerous books and developed on-demand courses that can be found on our website, lovemarriedlife.com. And with all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast of All About Relationships. We are actually on episode number 80, wow. which is pretty awesome because I love the number eight. I love I love doing signified That's new beginnings. Numbers. And eight is always new beginnings. Mm-hmm. And it's it always just says possibilities to me. Like, I love new beginnings because we get to have fresh start. I love that God gives us his mercy that's new every morning. Yeah. And what we want... To all experience, this and I believe that's even why you join us for this podcast is to really be able to enjoy your relationships, to enjoy you know life with one another. You know, healthy, right relationships they just don't happen, but we're able to invest not only in others but also with ourselves. Yeah, and I love that expression. Sometimes I ask people how they're doing, they go, oh, we're living doing? the dream. Oh, yeah. But you know, it might feel like a cliche to some of you, oh, I'm living the dream, but I actually do want to live the dream life. I do want to have real success in my relationships. Well, I think when they hear the word dream, they think fairy tale, mm, you know, mm-hmm. unattainable or, you know, that kind of wishful thinking. Right, right. But I want my heart to be full. Yeah. You know, full of the promises of God. I, I, I really want his realities to become mine. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that, you know, part of, you know, being in the kingdom of heaven is experiencing, you know, righteousness. This is your line. Experiencing righteousness, peace, peace and joy, joy in the here and now. <laughs> you see, I want to experience the benefits you know, of the very life of God, you know, in me today with you. Yeah. And so I don't want that to be, you know, just in the sweet by and by, but I want, again, I I want the Lordship of Jesus over my life, but I want it to be so practical that it permeates every one of my relationships. So so today, I, I, again, thank you, but recognize the significance uh, of 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 yourself and of your relationships and how you're able to bring life, you know, wherever you may go. Yeah. And um, today's topic, uh, we'll be getting to it soon, but today's topic is very personal for me. Hmm. It's like if I could have listened to my own podcast this morning, I would have loved it. I was, I would, if I would have listened to today's podcast this morning, I'd go, Yes, uh-huh. that's exactly what I needed to hear. This is something that I personally have to remember in order to live that dream life. Mm-hmm. The topic we're talking about today is important for me and it's personal for me because we all have a, an idea of the dream, the, the dream life and dream relationships and dream kids and 
the dream, you know, career or what ministry or whatever that is. We all want the whole package, but I think, Bob, that most people focus on getting that dream instead of giving attention to being the dream, like being the dream me. Because if I, that is the one thing I can control. If I can be the dream me, then I can start to live the dream. And I want to focus on that first before I start to try Mm -hmm. and get something. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've even, you know, spoken with others where, you know, a child might feel, you know, from a parent, you know, I I believe in you, you know, I have confidence in you and, and you really want to cheer them on. Why? Because a parent holds a dream for a child. And then sometimes a child can feel, but, you know, that's your dream, you know, and I don't know if I measure up to your dream, you know, will, will I ever, you know, reach that dream? And, and, and so sometimes it's like, <laughs> is it even obtainable or, you know, is it that, you know, is it just so far out you, you, know, that, you saying that just gets me to remember that um, having an agenda or a dream for someone else really doesn't work. It does. <laughs> That's why I think the focus on being the dream you or being the real me and the dream me is so important because I don't want to focus on... And I believe on- that that's one of the, the greatest um, roles that we carry as parents is, you know, it's not necessarily you know, the finish line or the, you know, what you will accomplish or what you will do, but more of who you are. Exactly. And so as a parent, it's like, I know who you are, you know, daughter, son, I know who you are. And so the the impact, you know, that you can have on this world, you know, the the what you have to offer, I, I believe in you. And, and really becoming that person. I love that you said that just now because I think that our father says that about us. Mm. You know, I believe in you and I believe in your dreams. He, just, he parents us. Mm-hmm. And that just, because I feel like um, if I sort out my inside life, like organizing triggers and fears inside of my heart, I think that's what sets me up for a life of peace. You talked about righteousness, peace, and joy. So when we live from a place of fearlessness and we feel safe then we don't react with making bad decisions, but we're able to be calm, you know, Mm -hmm. and make those amazing decisions. And we're at the beginning of a new year, you know, of 2021. We're at the beginning of a new week, you know, the start (laughs) of a new day. I love those new beginnings. You know, I I love that. And I, I believe that once you open yourself up, that you open your heart up to new possibilities, you know, for this next year, uh, that things could actually be substantially different. I, I believe that then it opens the gateway of, of hope, but then I, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to bring new intention and purpose, you know, into my new day. And that involves, you know, active faith that, you know, that does ignite my dreams and it does ignite the goals and the plan and living out that plan is is a wonderful thing to be able to uh, awaken each day with this sense of purpose. Yes, and I think so many people are lacking. You know, just this this sense of my life. You know, is it doesn't just make a difference. It is making a difference. In addition to the plans and goals that we set, and uh, they all what they come from are the deep form values and beliefs that we have. And so it comes from that deep sense of identity, you know, of my own sense of value and worth. And I just want you to know that 
this is going to be a great year for you and that you can enter you know, each day with absolute intention and with purpose because your life does matter. Wow. See, I love our intro. We haven't even talked, started talking about the topic yet. And yet this is really, I think this is really good because I feel encouraged because I want to know that I wake up with purpose, like you just said. And I also want to wake up feeling like I'm already successful. I yeah. don't have to try so hard. Well, we, we have pressures, you yeah, know, in this we world. We all do, don't it, we? And one of the biggest pressures is, is that people are vying for or looking to distract you because what they do is they want your attention. Yes. If I can, I mean, it's one of the biggest commodities today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is can I capture, you know, your attention? And then what, what happens is that it's almost like television. If you don't have vision for your life, where, where do you go? You go to television, and television will tell you a vision. <laughs> Honestly, it's what happens so often. People that lack that intention and purpose will find themselves in, in front you know of it. what I want to say right now, Bob? Okay. I think you and I have been preparing for our January 30th event so hard. Like, we're preparing for it in oh, such with such that intention. That it just keeps coming out. That we just keep talking about the stuff that, that we say. Everything okay. we say is about the event. Like, we're talking about possibilities in the event. Right. We're talking about the attention that you have at the event. Like, it, it's just a lot of these things that we're probably in our intro right now. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, thanks for listening, and thanks for all you have registered for that January. 30th event because we're really going to go there to map out your life. So if you hear us talking about this and not getting to the topic, so oh, to speak. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I think it's great. Okay. But I just said, I think that's so far. I think it's wonderful that it's so forefront in our mind that it's just coming out. Yeah. I love that what you think about, what what you think in your heart comes out of your mouth. I okay. mean, it does. So I, I want all of us wherever you are right now just yeah. recognize i do have a future yes i i do have a future and it's good and sometimes we need to be able to capture those dreams yes you know that are distant and bring them into the present work on them but then be able to set them back you know into the future again but i mean hold to your dreams because where there is hope that hope will draw you into god's preferred future for your life just recognizing that there is a, a living hope. And I, I, again, I just really want you to know how significant uh, your life and your relationships really are. And the name of that event is called Design Your oh, Best right. Life. It's called Possibilities Design Your Best Life. So all you need to know more that is it January 30th. January 30th. And you need to know the promo code because we want you to get the $30 event. off. And the $30 discount is Podcast 30. So that's all you yep. need to know Thanks for, for now. Thanks for listening to the podcast. and. Bam, yeah. there we go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So today's topic, uh-huh. really passionate about it, Bob, because we're talking about independence mm. and how it affects relationships. Being super independent, how do you stay in a really give and take, give and receive relationship when you just tend to be independent? It's kind of like you're fine all by yourself. And that's where I tend to land, Bob, is is in, in that kind of a space. Yeah, and... What we really want in all of our relationships is this place of harmony. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just really feel, you know, I, I want to talk about it again. And that is when I'm a high-functioning me, you know, when I'm firing on all cylinders and 
you know, everything is intact. Wow, things are really going well. Because <laughs> then in relationships, I'm I'm able to be a giver. Yes. You yes. know, all of a sudden I'm I'm a, I'm a source. I'm, I'm contributing yeah. and I'm not I had I don't have a sense of lack in where I'm needing and I'm taking. And you're not robbing from the atmosphere by being down or depressed. Right, like right. you're giving with your joy and, and your I peace. love these most vital relationships in our lives where there's mm-hmm. that mutual sharing of life yes. and love, you know, one with another. And there's that interdependence. Right. You know, being a part of community and knowing, you know, that I belong, that we belong is so empowering, you know, for a person's heart. But when we take a look at independence or, you know, and the most evil of all is the codependent uh, because (laughs) then you're manipulating you know, uh, others, but all of those tend to be seated or rooted in fear. Right, exactly. And fear wasn't introduced until man, mankind believed, God, I don't need you. Right. And it's just like, I don't want that, you know, in my life. I, I want to know that there is a dependency, you know, in my heart, you know, on the Lord, but then also it, it, it is he that gives me my significance, my value, the truth of my identity and worth. And that's something we can never heal in another person. If you see, if you're within, within a relationship where they're just, their dignity and worth is just, and most of us have that. That's, that's almost all of us. That is the quest in life is to feel successful, feel worthy, feel valuable, feel dignity. All of those things are kind of like, that's the ultimate. That's when we find safety. It's not about how much stuff we have or even what relationships we have, but when we know our personal identity of dignity and worth, then all of a sudden I'm automatically giving. And when you're with someone that is does not have that value and worth, it's like you want to fix it or help them and you can contribute to that, but you can never fix someone's value and worth. That's their journey and quest with God. Mm-hmm. And so it comes to, you know, finding God as our source. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't we want, get to that a lot. I don't want to be a taker, but I right. d- definitely want to be a receiver. Right. So let me tell you how that kind of, oh, were you going to finish your sentence? I don't want to interrupt you. No, I was just, uh, I was just, you know, talking, you know, the difference, you know, uh, between being, you know, like a needy one. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, those that are, you know, extremely needy, you know, mm-hmm. and you can be a taker. But I do want to be a receiver. You right. Know? I want to be in relationships where I'm not, you know, just so independent where I don't need you, but that I'm, I'm, I'm willing and I'm wanting you know, your involvement in my life. Yeah. And Bob, I'm so glad for the term you used earlier, because I think there, there's nothing wrong with being independent. I just want to say that right off the, right off the get go, there's nothing wrong with being independent and being capable. But what happens is when stress hits, Hmm. um, someone who is independent or can get overly independent. So this, this is me talking on myself. Okay. So when I get under stress, Bob, um, my independence turns into relying on my own strength. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, of course, I love God. I know God. I talk to God. But when it really comes down to it, I'm relying on my own strength. 
my own ability to plan, to get things done. And I typically don't ask for help. And when, when stress really takes over, I can probably get a little bit cold or distance and kind of have that great takeover. And so you know how sometimes I just become a bossy pants and, and I don't involve or include mm-hmm. people around me. And I just, just get into overdrive. Like I am getting this done. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. And <laughs> and sometimes I'll say, are you marching? Yeah. <laughs> that's Bob's, that's Bob's little that's code my, word. That's my little code word. And I, maybe I am. I'm going to get it all done it's because a, I'm amazing. independent and I can do it. Yeah. We, we have, you know, concrete floors, you know, like they're very, <laughs> We're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're in the desert. Right. But boy, can she march on concrete. Yeah. And and it's not like I'm mad. I don't do anything in anger, but in a lot of drive. Yes. Aggressive. I was born, my birthday is March 4th. Like I, and that's not a joke. I was born on March 4th. Marching. And I'm marching forth and getting it done. And it's, it's a wonderful thing I'm grateful for. However, if I am not completely dependent on God, to be, to be the dream, the dream me, then all of a sudden I'm trying to get the dream rather than just being the dream me. And so that's what happens when I get under stress. Now the, the codependent one mm-hmm. is sort of the opposite. So when stress comes to the codependent person, they start to put pressure on their loved ones to make them feel safe and cherished mm-hmm. and they can get clingy mm-hmm. and smothering and, um, manipulative. Yeah. You know, and controlling. Yeah. And again, I do want to go back to this, and and that is each of these are rooted in fear. Right. And You're right, Bob. And fear will always control. Exactly. So even in our independence, you know, I'm just independent. I don't, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. You know, all I can I can I'll just build get it a done wall. All you know, by myself. I, I, don't, I don't need you. Right. And so all, all of a sudden, you know, I, there's that sense of isolation and that, you know, removal. And, uh, but again, it's a fear because if I don't do it, then who will? Exactly. If I don't get this done, it if doesn't look like anyone else is it, doing no it. No one else will. So I better do it. And I tend to worry about the future and mm-hmm. make sure that, and I get, uh, the thing that happens to me, Bob, is I start to leave, lose the playful side of myself. Like that playful, fun, and that's when I high function is when I'm, relaxed and I'm calm and I'm peaceful. I could still be having just as much uh, activity and Mm -hmm. working just as hard, but there's this overarching feeling like, wow, Mm -hmm. God is my source and it will get done. He's ultimately with me and the work will get done. But when people do get forceful, it's almost, they, they, they do switch to that place of panic. Yeah. True. And, you know, and that's where that control can come from is that they, 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 flip into panic mode and then what do you lose you lose your peace and when the one the, when the codependent one gets into panic it turns into um just into that abandonment like mm. you know you 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 abandon me and they panic in abandonment so one panics more into drive and mm-hmm. one panics and, into and sometimes they can even and worthlessness re- yes the, because they'll really question you know who am i yes am i enough Yes. You know, do you desire me? Do you want me? Where do I belong? What is my right. role? All, all of those and that that panic and that that real sense of, you know, lack, you know, uh, sets in. And so, again, f- knowing and experiencing, I, I, I think that's real important because you can't know without the experience. Right. 
And so in knowing God as your source, you experience him. And, and that then really begins to create within you a satisfied heart. Because now, God, you really are my source. Mm-hmm. And when I know that and have experienced that, all of a sudden it does bring that sense of rest. Mm-hmm. It does bring that sense of peace. You know, no longer do I need to, you know, uh, move in force to get things done or move in fear to extract because I'm in lack or in need, but I'm finding this place of peace. And when I find peace, I find rest. Yeah. And with that, I think there just comes a whole lot of confidence and courage. For both sides yes. of these camps, for and both w- camps. And when God told the children of Israel as they moved into a land of promise, he kept saying, you know, fear not. This is Joshua speaking, fear not. He says, for the Lord your God is with you. You don't, don't, No matter where you go, he says, fear not, fear not, fear not. God is with you. And so we can't allow ourselves. So if I'm not, if I don't want to experience fear, then what do, you know, how do I combat that fear in my life? Yep. And that is experiencing the, the extravagance of God's love. Yep. And one of the ways, and this is really the remedy, Bob and I were talking about this content for a while, and um, really the remedy, something that we're actually emphasizing at the virtual event Um, I'm just going to read you the scripture because this is the secret joy part. Like this is, and we all love secrets and we all love joy, but Matthew 11, 25 says Jesus was praying and he said, father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you. So this is Jesus thanking his dad. Thank you, dad, for hiding these things from those who think themselves so wise and clever. See, that's, that's what I was thinking. The one that's so independent and so able, so capable. Thank you for hiding yeah, these the, things. The, the, clever, the clever ones are the I knows. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you can't tell them tell anything. Me, yeah, and tell me <laughs> something I don't know. Like, yeah. talk about bossy pants. I know. <laughs> but he hides the truth from the I knows, and he reveals his secrets to the childlike. And Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Whoa. That word childlike is something worth exploring because if I am childlike, I get to be involved with the secrets of God and I get to almost hack life. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's something about living the dream me is to be childlike. And so as we bring remedy today, Bob, I think we should just talk about that whole childlikeness and what it means to be childlike. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 19, you know, 18, 19, Jesus, you know, speaking again. And the disciples, they were having this conversation. And the conversation was around this. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? <laughs> you know, who's, who's going to be the greatest Who's here? the big deal? How many, how many people in 2021 deal? need to be a big deal? Like, seriously, that is so much pressure in our society to be a big deal. Everyone's, you know, jockeying for position. Yeah. You know, to be seen, noticed, liked. Right. Uh, on, important. On, important. Yeah. And 
it's and valuable. It's That's so where we put hard. our value in. Yeah. Like this is a lot of pressure in our and society. And so here, the, Jesus' disciples are saying, you know, like who? Because who has the who most? Ha- whoever likes, it is, the most important. Then, then I want to be like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to do. I want to be the person who's a really big deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Jesus says, "Bring me a child." <laughs> oh wow! I love this so much right now. You know, he says here, and here. and he says, "Unless you become like one of these." Oh. And they're like, really? I love it. And again, throughout scripture, you know, it's, and again, it's not a childish, but it's one who is childlike. And there are such unique characteristics that a child has. Yes. And when when you have that, then you're able to receive yes, the kingdom. Exactly. You see, I want to receive his ways. I, I want his ways to be my ways. And so I can't even begin to fathom what that would be like. But with the imagination of a child, you begin to co-create with God. And all (laughs) of a sudden, his realities begin to become yours. That's I love that you brought that up because one of those characteristics of a child is they don't they don't block their imagination. They just let it run. The the and you know what you just said about receiving. The other thing I love about uh, characteristic of a child is that when you give a kid a gift they tear it open. They don't question, oh should I open it now or should I open it later? Like should I you know, keep the wrapping paper nice. Like, I mean, you give a kid and they tear open a present and they immediately get excited and say, thank you. Like, that's how I want to be with God is that when he promises a gift or gives me a gift, I just want to tear it open and say, thanks, dad. Like, thank you for this amazing gift. Mm -hmm. So going back to Matthew 11, uh, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and the burden I give is light. The remedy is to come to Jesus and with a childlike heart. So in our lives, you know, I've always, I've always said, um, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Well, aging. Is- <laughs> Sorry for bursting out there. <laughs> uh, you know Sorry. where this is going. Sorry for the burst. Of well, energy aging and- is inevitable. Right. But if you nurture a childlike heart, you'll never grow old. Isn't that fun? And so, again, I I have that one. I see. I want to nurture a childlike heart. Yeah. You have, Audrey, my goodness. (laughs) It's kind of true. (laughs) Yes. And you will never grow old. I will be 96 with a childlike heart because I never want to lose my sense of wonder, ever. Like, an adult doesn't mean that we, that fun and carefree moments are completely over because I did lay down in the, dirt the other day and look out at a tree and just lay down in the ground and and look at the clouds for a long time and it just did something for my soul like doing not that you have to be like me and be that lighthearted that you would do something like that but um oh my gosh Bob I'm going to be so transparent with you guys right now I was walking with Winston in the park um a week or two ago and we were in the grass, and he, of course, he's this nice, great, big labradoodle, and he's sniffing the grass. And I thought to myself, 
huh, I wonder what it feels like from his position. I went on my hands and knees and started sniffing the grass. Okay, you guys, you're going to send me to some clinic or something or you think, or label me crazy. But in my childlikeness and my playfulness, I didn't just wonder, I actually did it. And Bob, smelling that grass, like, have you ever knelt down deep into the ground and just like, now I know what Winston is doing. Like smelling the ground is cool. Yeah. Well, you know that that's not really what he's sniffing for. Well, he's I, not like, oh, that's nice dirt, you know. You know? <laughs> okay, Bob, let's not go too and far. Typically, but dogs don't, you know. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I understand. There's a sense of wonder. Yes, okay. And what sometimes when we get older, we lose that simplicity that life can be amazing no matter what's in front of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, you you can go ahead and say your part about okay. childlikeness. Well, one of one of my words for this year. Yeah. And I, you know, whether it's my word for the year or not, I don't know. It's one of them. But I like it, and it's curious. Ooh. Think of curious George. He's, you know, he's but fun. he was curious. He got himself in trouble, yeah. but he was curious. And I love that word, and and I've used it, you know, a, a fair bit in the last month, you know, with different couples just kind of throwing it in there. Yeah. Because words mean something to me. Mm-hmm. And what would really benefit your relationship is that if you were to become more curious with one another. I love You know, it. simply, hey, tell me more. Yeah. Be more curious with your children, you know, not just to get into their business. Right. But <laughs> I want to know how you think, how you yeah. feel. I'm curious. And not, not because I, I want to take anything away, but because I want to give. And I, I love that sense of curiosity and wonder and and to be able to explore, um, I think, is is wonderful. That's and a that's, childlike, that that's is a childlike, childlike thing characteristic. Sure. Maybe that's what I was doing in the ground. I was just exploring. Sure. I was exploring. Sure. Because wanting to explore is huge. Uh, you know, just even, you know, the other day, uh, we were looking you know, and just reminiscing I think more than anything over some of the happiest years of our lives yeah. and that was being able to take the kids camping oh yeah we had a tent trailer and <laughs> we just went everywhere with it yeah you know just some of the happiest memories you know we're kind of like could we ever go back to that again would we ever do we that again we both love camping like but, it's something we have in common but what it is is it's the experience of exploring. Yeah. And when you have young children, it's it's like you see the world through their eyes. The childlike. And that yeah. childlikeness. And so, you know, this year, you know, as you move into this year, it's like I want to nurture a childlike heart in me. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you know, I want to be more curious and I want to be willing to explore. Uh, imagine so much yet to discover about, you know, experiencing the life of God in me. And what would that look like differently? <laughs> anyway, I just, I love it. I love it too. I love that that we don't have to stop. Like, okay, I'm going to tell you another park moment. Everyone stands around in the mornings and watches their dog run around. And I was just standing there with these adults with their arms crossed, just like shooting the breeze, having all this surface talk. And I'm like, you guys all want to lose weight. We all want to get in shape. And we're watching our dogs run around the field. <laughs> like we should definitely be playing tag right now, you know? And they all looked at me like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes slipper lady. Yeah, I wear you know, slippers. <laughs> pajama lady. 
Audrey, you have some unique walking outfits. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm very. I, I'm all about the comfort, but I, maybe that's a kid child likeness thing too. It doesn't matter. Let's not go too deep in this. Everyone will have different expressions of what childlike means, but childlike ultimately, to me, Bob means a dependent one. It means I have a mom and dad, and I'm and I'm safe. I have a home, and I don't worry about the bills at night. I don't. I don't. I sleep in a place where I'm taken care of. And I, there's so much I don't have to worry about. And even though that might seem like a pie in the sky, Pollyanna kind of attitude, the truth is that we are responsible adults, but we don't have to worry. Yeah, We can still pay the bills, but we don't have to worry. We can yeah. be childlike in the fact that we don't worry. Yeah. Jesus says, you know, the Father has chosen to reveal himself, to reveal the kingdom to the childlike. And so a childlike one is one who is a believer. Yeah, you know, true, and it really transforms their life. There's a there's this element of simplicity of trust. Uh, trust is so wonderful um, because what I believe is really where I've placed my trust, mm. and where I've placed my my trust is one of my uh, greatest avenues. Of, of experience. Hmm. And so, you know, as, as you're trusting in relationships, I mean, even in your business, uh, in, in all that you do, you can move exponentially, you know, at the speed of trust. Yeah. And so seeing that characteristic, you know, being nurtured, you know, in your relationships is so big because it'll propel your life forward quicker than anything. And so I want to be childlike in that trust area, you know, there's the element of love. I mean, it's the most enduring, the, the knowledge, the understanding that, that it takes a lifetime, respect and honor, but the most fragile, but I think one of the most significant components in a healthy, right relationship is that of trust. So as a childlike and so, one. So the childlike yeah. trust is really quite profound. I mean, do you really trust your dad, father in heaven? Like, do you as really? a dad throwing my child in the air yeah. and catching him, yeah. they loved it. Yeah. And the, did they ever think, oh, wait a minute, dad, I need to know, can I trust you here? Right. I mean, there was just, you know, this unabandonment yeah. of trust. Right. So I want to nurture that, you know, in my life. And I, I, I just love that. Trust is so important. Because as a little kid, I trusted. I didn't worry about stuff like I was just saying. And you know what? I woke up feeling safe. Like I woke up on Saturday mornings and there were cartoons and pancakes. And that was every Saturday morning. There was something. Um, I didn't wake up nervous whether I was in God's will or whether I was fulfilling purpose. I didn't have to wake up nervous about that because I had a dad. And and we all, right this minute, every one of us listening, we all really do have a dad. And do we trust him? And do we wake up and not have to be nervous or worry? Yeah. We all have circumstances. I'm not trying to pretend we don't. We've all got bills. We all have bank mm-hmm. accounts. We all have kids that are going through stuff. We all, I mean, we don't all, but I'm just saying that we all have circumstances, yeah. but we so, all so have a with, dad. With being childlike, mm-hmm. I, I think I got. I think I got you with me. Yeah. You know, I think you're saying yes. I, you know, I could do more of that. Okay, got it, Bob and Audrey. Thank you yes. very much. Yes. Okay, fine. But really, you know, like okay, you know, how, what does that? You know, and so what I want to do in in our, you know, the few minutes that we have last in the podcast today 
is I want to ask you a very simple question. When did you begin to lose your childlikeness? When did that begin, you know, like an hourglass, begin to seep away, you know, from you? When did that that sense of wonder, you know, and all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, I know. I, I know what it's like. I know what they're like. Mm-hmm. I know what today will be probably not a whole lot different than yesterday. And it, you when know, did your sense mm-hmm. of childlikeness begin to escape you? I'll tell you one thing. It wasn't when you get older. It wasn't when you stop getting older. Like it's not about Kairos time, you know, like time on the way time is measured mm-hmm. on Earth, the chronological mm-hmm. time. Um, you stop being childlike when you were robbed. Hmm. When you were robbed by pain and fear, and some of you were really young when you were robbed of your childhood. We meet so many people when An- we do another our one, Audrey, intensives. We that, meet- yeah, another one there that because I really want people to connect with this. Yeah, is is because that's when fear entered in exactly. You see, and that's why I brought in fear earlier because that's where fear entered in, and. For many of us, what was robbed, and I believe such a strong um, childlike characteristic, is innocence. Yes. You see, all of a sudden, that, you know, was taken from you. And you know what? I'm just, again, I guess we just get really personal on this podcast, but all of us have had things to conquer. And me personally, when did I stop losing my childlike one? Fear really attempted to enter my life when I was nine years old. Um. Sure, I had a great mom and dad, but I had a paper route, and one day a man was following me, and I got nervous, but I got over it, and I kept delivering the papers, and I got too close to my home at a kitty corner there, and the man caught up with me, and he said, can I buy a paper? And I said, yeah, and he handed me a dollar, and I said, I don't have change, but I pointed to my house, and I said, but I live right there. Do you want me to get you change? And that is when he abducted me and brought me into a bush and, you know, attempted from behind to start, you know, the process of what an abductor does. And um, it's a very personal story. And I get a little emotional, but, you know, I fought him off somehow and started running towards my brother and screaming at the top of my lungs for help. And um, I never saw that man again, but... That was the moment when fear and and trauma entered my life and wanted to steal my childlikeness. So I'm emotional because it didn't succeed, but it really tried. Because after that, Bob, I couldn't go. My mom, like for months, I was paralyzed. I sometimes I would get to an elevator and I said, I can't go on there. That's him. I kept thinking everybody was him. It, everyone looked like him. The, the police brought over books and I had to look at all these pictures and they all looked like him. And I, and I thought I'm not safe in my own home alone anymore because he knows where I live. And um, this is just serious stuff because I think we all have a, a moment sometime in our life when fear wants to rob our childlikeness. And it was several months after this incident that my mom and dad called me downstairs. And I, my life had been paralyzed at that point for months. And they said, Audrey, we would love to pray. Would you like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as your best friend to walk with you and comfort you and be close to you the rest of your life? 
And I said, yes, I want the Holy Spirit as my friend. And that night, I just asked God to baptize me in the Holy Spirit, give me the gift of my Holy Spirit as my friend. And immediately the fear was gone. It sounds miraculous, and it was miraculous because that's how big Jesus is. That's how much he sets us free from the prisoners of fear. And it was a clearly marked difference the next day is that I was free to be childlike again because I knew my source. I knew my source. And I cry because since then, Bob, I've lived a very fearless life. Like I've done things that most people would be, a lot of people would be scared to do. And fear almost took away everything of who I am. Mm -hmm. But I found my source. And that childlikeness was taken away for a few months, but it didn't take over my life. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone has the opportunity in any moment to say, I want my childhood back. I want my childlikeness back. Mm -hmm. That's an an invitation to everybody. If you'll Mm -hmm. open the present, it's like a childlike one just opens the present and says, yeah, I want that. And I know that that childlikeness in me affects all of my relationships because I'm not living in that fear of torment or trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what an invitation, you know, for all of us. You know, we, we throw out the words, you know, knowing God is your source. We talk about these things. But you see, you know, as you're listening today, I'm sure you're recalling a moment or, you know, where possibly your innocence was taken from you. right. And where you experienced a traumatic, maybe not even a moment, but it was a season in your life. It could have gone on. And and I don't know what the pain is, but Jesus came for you mm-hmm. and came for that pain. And again, what we want is to be able to thrive in both life and love. Right. And I, I'm, you know, one of the schemes of the enemy is, 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 a, is that of a thief. You know, to rob, to steal, to kill, and destroy. Yeah. And Jesus says, "But I've come that you might have life." So, I, I the, it, there is this place of divine exchange of my life for His, my thoughts, and this is the process, and this is the journey. But it's, it's. I believe that it comes to this place where it's like, Lord, I, I would ask that you would help me to restore to me a childlike heart. Yeah. You know, that I would have a childlike heart again, that I would, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unabandonedly, you know, trust you. Yes. Trust you with me. Yes. You know, trust you with my spouse, with my children. I don't want to live in fear. Right. And in, in attempting to control, to give them the best. But there's this place of trust. And so, God, I, I want to know you and I do want to trust you. Yeah. And the reason I know that I'm emotional right now is because I'm so thankful because my life would look so different if I hadn't remained childlike. And, and so I hope that you're hearing this incredible invitation because the secret is, is that Jesus wants to share his secrets with you mm-hmm. when you're at rest. So at the beginning of this podcast, I said I needed this podcast this morning is because in my independence, Bob, I tend to start relying on my own human strength. But then today, while I was walking in the desert by myself this morning, 
I just felt that call back to trust. You know, Audrey, I can't, I, you, you don't have to be a big deal. You don't have to be super smart today. You can do your best today, but you can trust me. And that place of peace, there's just no better place to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to be in, over, I can be independent. I always will be, I'm pretty sure. But I don't have to be overly independent. I can, I don't trust in mm-hmm. my human strength. I mm-hmm. trust in my dad because yeah. he takes care of yeah. me. Audrey, I believe that today can will be an extremely monumental day for many of our listeners. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think it can be for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live independent of God. I don't want to live independent of you. Right. I, I love it when my kids want me. Yeah. You know, I, I love it when my kids want to be around me. I, I love it when they call me, when mm-hmm. they say, hey, dad, you know, and why wouldn't I then have that, you know, replicate that same relationship with God? And it's like, God, you know, I really like you. Yeah. And I want you in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a dependent one on you. Yes. I, I recognize that you are absolutely my source. And... I can be safe with you. You only have your best interests in mind for me. You would never hurt me. You would never harm me. You would never punish me. You know, you you only have good intentions towards me. That's that's really profound. And Audrey, when it comes to relationships with you and I, because mm-hmm. what we want to do is is to again develop to be able to. Um, prioritize or um, nurture. That's the word I was looking for. I want to nurture that childlike heart in you. Ah, What a great question, I think. How, as a listener, how would you nurture the childlike heart in your spouse? Hmm. How would you do that, you know, for your kids while you're trying to grow them up? But yet, how would you nurture that sense of wonder and that sense of awe, mm. that sense of curiosity. How would I nurture that in you? And I believe that it comes to a place of, of this question. And you, it's, I, I believe it's one of the best questions you could ask your spouse, husbands and wives, is this. When do you feel safe with me? And you could ask them that because once you know that, then you know what to do. And when they feel safe, then comes that element of trust. And now I believe that you're beginning to nurture a childlike heart. I love that, Bob. Thank you so much for just wrapping that up like that. You guys, thanks for listening. Like, I think that after you turn this off, what Bob just said was really very valuable because being a child means I'm, I'm safe. Childlikeness means I'm dependent, but I'm also safe. Mm -hmm. And I've got an amazing dad. My dad in heaven is the same as yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember, aging is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> but if you nurture a childlike heart, you'll never grow old. <laughs>